0: Welcome to the Beyond Birth Podcast. Join us each week as we take the conversation of motherhood beyond birth. I'm your co-host Liz Winters, a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified pre and postnatal coach and mama. I'm joined by my friend and co-host Jenny Anderson, yoga teacher, full spectrum doula and mama. Our hope is to inspire, educate and empower women as they navigate pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood with evidence-based guidance, informative interviews and hopefully entertaining anecdotes From our perspectives as moms, entrepreneurs, and birth professionals. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Hello all, welcome to another episode of the Beyond Birth Podcast, Liz here, and I am here with a very special guest, I'm here with Dr. Angela Potter, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you so much, Liz, I am just so happy to be here, thank you very much.
0: We are so excited to have you. Um, Dr. Potter is a mother of two babies and helps women plan for and heal optimally after birth. Her own birth and postpartum journeys are what began her passion to help women through this incredible time. She is particularly passionate about helping mothers redefine what postpartum care means, and I can't wait to dive into that. She helps mothers plan for and get the postpartum care they deserve to feel healthy and vibrant after birth. She sees patients at her office in Portland, Oregon, and also through online appointments. Yay. I'm so, there's so many things we could talk about today, but I'm just, I'm just so excited. I feel like we're sitting down with another kindred spirit because postpartum support is like my jam.
1: Yes. I mean, and there is so much that
0: needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before we dive into our conversation, um, because you and I have not had a big opportunity to chat prior to this. We run in similar circles, but um, and we want our, our listeners to get to know you, too. But I like to do a little icebreaker. Are you down?
1: Yes, Let's course. do it. Okay.
0: <laughs> so you have a background in nutrition as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I love asking fellow nutrition folks about their favorite food, but their favorite food that other people may find odd or different.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you say that, the first thing that comes up for me is butter.
0: Butter. Okay. <laughs> love it.
1: I love butter. I can okay. eat so much all day. And because butter still gets a bad rap.
0: It and does.
1: Yes. Huh. And so when I tell people that, it, it usually brings them back and yeah. they think, huh, that's odd but I am a huge (laughs) proponent of butter. I love it. I love getting people back into the butter world.
0: (laughs) Are you a salted butter or an unsalted butter person?
1: I tend for the unsalted and then I sprinkle a little salt on top.
0: Your salt to taste. I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're all about that. We get our Kerrygold uh, Uh salted butter because it's such a good deal at Costco. You
1: can find it at Costco. And I just found it at Target.
0: What? Yes, for really great bliss. <sighs> I love I that. Mm-hmm. Target's whole grocery section is is a change in, and that's awesome because it means more healthy food accessible to more people.
1: Right, and how awesome. often are we at Target all the right. time?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's um, so my favorite one that pops to mind. And I'm pregnant right now, so it's like it kind of varies day to day. Mm-hmm. But uh, smoked oysters. I have those are my jam right now. The little oh. like tins packed oh. in oil. My husband thinks that I am the grossest person in the world when I eat those, but I think they're so, so good.
1: <laughs> so. And they're packed with nutrients.
0: Right, right. Yes. Give me all that zinc. I'll take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, and chocolate and butter too, like all those things as well. But <laughs> yeah. We'll yes. we'll stick with that. <laughs> um beautiful. Well, friend, I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be spending our conversation talking about why postpartum care is such a huge necessity and really why it's not being talked about enough. I feel like this is the common theme that Jenny and I have on our show. We're like, postpartum care, postpartum care, postpartum care. But what have you seen in like both your personal experience, but also your professional experience that, that drew you to this conclusion, the same conclusion, right? That postpartum care is not being talked about enough.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, this is a great topic. Um, So personally for me, right, I was already a doctor by the time that I got pregnant and had my first baby. And I had a great pregnancy, great birth, and then I you know had the baby and I was like wait what just happened what happened with my body it was such a huge experience and now that I work with all these mothers that's exactly the theme that I see and talk with uh, with women right it's after the birth process mothers are just Kind of looking around, thinking, "What just happened, and how am I supposed to even begin figuring out how to heal my body, and where do I reach out to? what is going on?" And, and why was this conversation not started during pregnancy? Because, you know, during pregnancy, all we did was talk about birth. Very important. Of course. Um, but that's what's happening is mothers are just like, why why didn't we talk about postpartum during pregnancy?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're you're reading my mind. That was my first postpartum experience as well. It's like I took this fantastic birth class and it got us up through the first two hours postpartum. And then that Mm -hmm. was it. And I'm looking around like you say, like, wait, what just happened? What is going on? Right. What am I supposed to do now? What and what's normal, right? Like what's common versus normal.
1: Yes, that is huge. And it's such an immense physical event on the body, regardless of if it's a cesarean birth or a vaginal birth. And women, we just aren't given the resources in order to heal after this incredibly endurance event.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you bring up that it it really doesn't matter how baby came out, right? It's, you have 10 months, nine, 10 months, depending on how you want to count it, of pregnancy and birth. Like you say, it's extremely athletic. It's this marathon event and it's hard work. It's it either involves, you know, major abdominal surgery or a big work on the body to get that out vaginally. And it's, it requires so much care. Um, I feel like our, our C-section mamas, um, or what somebody else call them sunroof mamas, (laughs) (laughs) um, get isolated or, or left out of that conversation when we talk about like pelvic floor health. Um, but do you want to speak to that a little bit?
1: Oh, yes. This is an amazing topic because, and I have mothers asking me like, well, I had a cesarean birth. Do I even need pelvic floor therapy? And yes, yes. Every woman after birth will benefit from pelvic floor therapy because it's during pregnancy, right? Those pelvic floor muscles are shaped in a bowl and they're basically like the root of your body holding up your entire abdomen, which is your baby and your growing baby. And so the further along in pregnancy you get, the more those pelvic floor muscles are working in order to keep your whole body stable and you able to stand up and sit down and all those things. And so, of course, during a vaginal birth, we're thinking, wow, look at, you know, everything that those muscles went through, they need physical therapy. Um, But for women who didn't have a vaginal birth, those muscles did a lot as well. And a lot of women have a unexpected cesarean delivery, right? So maybe they went through a significant portion of the pushing phase, which of course, those pelvic floor muscles are really working very hard during that point as well, even if then the baby was still delivered through a cesarean.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. There's so much. You have to hold everything up and together mm-hmm. and really... We can talk. We've talked about this before, but um, you know, if you have a pelvic floor, you should see somebody that's trained in pelvic floor therapy, regardless of whether you've had a child. Right? It's one of those things that can be so beneficial. It's such a huge part of um, you know our core and our pelvic floor work together. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, our pelvic
1: floor is working when we're walking.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so so yeah, that's true. I geek out about this all day. Um, Are there some specific things a postpartum person can do to support their healing during this time? Like anything you would recommend?
1: Yes. And just to clarify, in regards specifically to pelvic floor or just some really beautiful therapies for postpartum healing?
0: Can we talk about both? Sure. Let's let's start with pelvic floor since we're on that on that run then we'll take it to a broader scope.
1: Okay. So, let's get in and talk about yoni steaming.
0: Oh my gosh, tell me more about this. This is a topic I don't know a ton about and I'm really excited to learn more.
1: Oh, it is a beautiful therapy that is can be used for really most all reproductive or gyne issues, but is so wonderful for postpartum healing. And it's been used for thousands of years. It's been used around the world. It's still being currently used around the world. And um, it's just wonderful to help a woman heal after birth because it's so specific to bringing warmth and circulation to the pelvis. It's super simple. I mean, it's basically just steaming some... Really lovely herbs in water, like a tea, and then sitting over it. And again, that's what it's doing. It's increasing circulation. It's just helping tone those tissues and um, keep them warm, which is really important
0: just for that whole healing process. So it sounds to me it's really similar to um, like a sitz bath, right? Is that fair?
1: Um, it's similar but mm-hmm. different. Okay. Right. So for listeners who aren't Uh, sure about the difference, right? Sitz baths are a water bath
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: you would actually sit inside the water. And then Yoni steaming is where you're getting this pot similar to a tea, right? Really hot and steamy. Um, And then just kneeling over it or sitting over it and allowing the steam to just um, come around you. Now I'll say that, but also, so make a big caveat that you don't want it to be too hot. Right. 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 Like someone may be listening and saying, wow, I am not going to sit over tons of steam. And like, isn't that going to burn? Like, no, it's supposed to be really relaxing and feel therapeutic. So if it's hot, you just stand up and wait for the steam to down a little bit. (laughs) So just want to, you know, make sure everyone's clear on that, but it's a very (laughs) relaxing therapy.
0: Important safety tips. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Are there specific herbs that uh, are often used in yoni steaming? And also to clarify, yoni steaming and vaginal steaming, these are the same therapy. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just call different things. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So that a lot of herbs that people use in sitz baths can also be used in yoni steaming. Um, So calendula, I love using nettle and red raspberry leaf, which are good internally for Mm -hmm. pregnant and postpartum. Them. Um women and you know lavender, rosemary, a lot of herbs that are frequently just found in your backyard too.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Is yes. this something that like I could do at home or should I go see somebody?
1: Oh no, just do it at home. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I don't think in Portland we have any Yoni steaming saunas centers. Okay. Um, yeah. They're starting to pop up, but yeah, it's super easy to do it in your own home. Okay. Yeah.
0: that's it. That feels more comfortable to me. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: <laughs> but I talk with women after birth all the time about mm-hmm. yoni steaming because mm-hmm. again, it's not well known here in the US and once women try it, they love
0: it. Right. I've heard of people doing it at different points during their cycle as well, just to promote cycle health. Um, -hmm. so it sounds like it can be a really like therapeutic process and also probably any excuse to just sit quietly in a space with nice herbs circulating around you is a good idea.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. Particularly after birth when like you just have so much going on. And if you allow yourself that space, you know, you can take 10 or 15 minutes just to have this like really beautiful, relaxing time for yourself. That's also healing. Yeah, it can mm-hmm. be both. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so anything else that you would recommend for healing pelvic health in that, in that early postpartum period?
1: Um, so really, you know, that Yoni steaming or a sitz bath is the best. And then, of course, the pelvic floor therapy. But you're going to want to wait until around the six-week mark to look for pelvic floor therapy.
0: Can you, um, can you talk a little bit more about pelvic floor therapy, maybe your specific style that you do with your clients um, and what people can, uh, maybe some questions people ask when they're looking for pelvic, people who practice pelvic floor therapy, physical therapy, or other kind of practitioners? hmm
1: Yes. Yeah. So I was trained with Tammy Kent, who is an amazing pelvic floor PT here in Portland. And her approach is doing both the physical work and then also bringing in this um, mental, emotional, or energetic piece. And so of course, when I'm doing pelvic floor therapy, I'm always asking about the birth process and what, you know, how pregnancy was, but particularly how the birth went. And usually a lot comes up about the birth. And then that will tell me what's going on in the pelvic floor. But then also, when we're, we're doing the pelvic floor work, um, sometimes there's an emotional release which is really important because the pelvic floor is that, you know, that root, that center of a woman's body that's very energetically rich. Um, and we hold a lot of our emotions there. And because birth is such a um, emotionally charged event that for so many of us, like we're holding on to these emotions and having a newborn and just learning um, how to navigate that, it, Is sometimes we don't have time to process what happened. And so I work with that during the pelvic floor therapy to see if anything comes up and sometimes not, and that's fine. Um, But for a lot of women, it's just this really wonderful time for them to get that physical piece worked on um, and also just process emotions that need to be processed through.
0: I love that. Um, we talk a lot about like how we hold on to trauma in our tissues. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I always I can give an example to my like my postpartum clients about this. It's like, well, like think somebody's gonna like punch you in the gut and you instantly like everything cringes, right? Like your pelvic floor seizes, right? So if we're holding on to that kind of stress, like you're always holding on to that tension in that pelvic floor and -hmm. how important it is to be able to relax that and calm and find that kind of rest and de stress space as well. So I love that this therapy incorporates this mental emotional because you really can't break it apart, right? They're all one, they're all part of the same team. It's like if we try and talk about anatomy without talking about physiology, right? Like it's all it's all the same. (laughs) Or it's all integrated.
1: It's so important to bring that up because there is a lot of physical therapy that doesn't incorporate that emotional piece. And it can be helpful, of course. Um, But I really think for a lot of women to get that true healing, that emotional piece has to
0: be a part of it. So in your bio, you mentioned uh, redefining what postpartum care means. Can you dive into that a little bit more?
1: Yes, let's do that. (laughs) You know, right now in conventional medicine, postpartum care is that care that you receive in those first day or two, right? Once baby's here, before you go home, and then it's a six-week checkup where most women are. It's just there to say, yes, you know, sex and exercise, you're good for that, and that's it. Um, but what what needs to be happening is one a discussion of postpartum planning during pregnancy. And then also just this, this idea that, that is, you know, rooted in thousands and thousands of years of humans, that this is a sacred time for the mother, that this is her going through one of the most amazing experiences in her life and we need to just come around her to provide a a situation of rest and like a sanctuary for her and the baby and and the family really um but it's a time for to really slow down and um just to help this mother what does she need in order to help her physical body to keep mood really strong and um it's about taking much more time than those you know first Few weeks really you know from a cultural perspective and social media and news articles we have this idea that mothers have their bodies back and are totally happy taking a newborn going grocery shopping and everything looks fine and It takes much longer than that. And that's really important to remember going into the birth process that the healing process can take much longer. And even if you do feel really good in those first few weeks after birth, like it's still important that your body is just going through such an immense change that it's important to still just take some time for rest and to just focus on that bonding between you and baby. And what I see is that so many women try to just go back and do things right away. And then it's, you know, weeks later or months later that their bodies are saying, whoa, no way that was way too fast, too soon. And, you know, things start falling apart.
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. There are so many good nuggets in there, but I mean, that last one is, is what I see the most because I, I work in that postpartum fitness piece. Mm
1: -hmm. So people
0: are coming in and it's, I get it. Like I've been there. I still struggle with it. Right. Where you just want to reconnect with that, that sense of self, because not only was this a huge physical event, but it's a huge emotional transformation, regardless of whether it's your first, second or third baby. Mm-hmm. Um, or 15th baby, you know, or wherever yeah. you're at in this motherhood adventure, trying to find some piece of the puzzle that feels familiar. So that is often like that fitness piece, um, mm-hmm. or just getting back to a routine. But I love that you're talking about, you know, taking it slow because it's keeping the end game in mind. Like it keep, keeping it slow makes, means that recovery over the longer term is actually going to be shorter, right? Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. And it is hard because again, like culturally, we just have this idea that everyone just goes back to normal so quickly. Oh yeah.
0: And we put that pressure on our bodies and Mm -hmm. on what parenting should look like. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for parents as they kind of navigate that, those societal pressures?
1: Yeah. You know, I recommend that mothers or families, if they're really struggling with that, you know, take some time away from social media. And, you know, even if it feels really uplifting, you're still getting these messages. And so, you know, just taking a little break from social media, or, um, you know, having that conversation with your partner or family members who are staying long term, um, just saying like, hey, I want things to be different. I need to feel different. I am like getting in touch with my body and what my body really needs. And so like, this is how I kind of see it looking and having those conversations with people that are most
0: close with you. Really setting up that like support team is what I'm hearing you say. Like really just making sure that everyone's on the same page and advocating mm-hmm. for your, your own version of postpartum. Yes, right. I love right. that. Mm -hmm. what are some things that um parents can consider as they plan for this postpartum time I know a lot of what your work is work you do with clients is postpartum planning are there any big themes that come up um as you sit down with birthing people and their partners um, as they make that plan for postpartum
1: Yes. It's one of my favorite things to do. And, you know, so I talk about like, how can you set up kind of a sanctuary in your home and set up your life so it feels a little bit easier, right? Like putting bills on auto pay or, you know, using a grocery delivery service for that for the first, you know, really six weeks is a nice amount of time, Um, but really figuring out how to create this very relaxing, very restful environment for the mother to be able to just have that really lovely time with baby. Um, And of course, if the partner and the whole family can be incorporated in that as well, that's beautiful. And, um, And then really focusing on um, abdominal health how like you can be supporting your just bringing blood flow to your belly as you heal and then that pelvic health through yoni steaming and um, and nutrition because it's powerful how you can use like really nourishing foods to support the healing process in this time um, and focusing on that that nourishment rather than... Um, anything about weight loss or calorie counting or things like that?
0: I always love when um, <laughs> when any of our new parents <laughs> attempt like some sort of calorie counting or think about you know, attempting calorie counting or macro counting in those first, especially like first month postpartum because I just I don't ever see the brain capacity being there. Like the amount of just you have so many other things on your plate the thought of ever assigning somebody like macros or calories or even like a very fixed meal plan. Mm-hmm. Like it's just because you're kind of in survival mode. You're in like healing, but also survival and hopefully getting to thrive mode.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. So like and making it
0: easy for yourself.
1: Right. It can be incredibly stressful to add on that like trying to figure out what to eat at every meal. Right. If you add on like a calorie or a macro counting style that, um, and you know mental health is so important during this time as well. So, and it can be those little stressors that add up and that's an important conversation to have.
0: It's just finding those, finding that ease, ease mm-hmm. in that early motherhood. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the ab- abdominal health? You're talking about bringing blood flow to your belly. Pretend I know nothing about that and, because I really don't, and uh, <laughs> loop me in through it and talk, talk to me more about that. I've heard about like my an abdominal massage, but what, help me out here.
1: <laughs> sure. Yes, yes. Well, you know, the uterus is still going back to size. It takes a few weeks for that to go back to normal size all your connective tissue in your belly is stretched during pregnancy and which connective tissue is holding your organs in place. And the, um, so everything is repositioning, going back to place. And so focusing on lots of warmth and, um, you know, not doing lots of exercises or, you know, specific exercises like crunches and those sorts of things. Like you really want to make sure your belly is just in this restful, warm sort of environment to facilitate that healing. um, So everything can go back to normal as it should. And that is so important for preventing like prolapse and incontinence and pelvic pain, um, as well as diastasis recti. But all of these physical issues that are so common after birth.
0: Common, but not necessarily like a normal adaptation of the body, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Right, right. Because, you know, in our culture, again, we've had these funny jokes like, oh, you know, anyone who's given birth can't jump on a trampoline ever again because, you know, just going to pee. And everyone kind of laughs about that, which is funny, but. It's like, no, that actually shows that we have a big issue that we aren't providing the care to mothers as we need to be. And doing, you know, there's, I talk to mothers who are two years postpartum and are having issues like incontinence, say, um, and that's okay. And there are still ways to support her body and help her heal. But it really is within those first few weeks when your body is going through like really significant healing that it's important to do a lot of just really supportive measures in order to then prevent things from happening later.
0: Yeah. And I love what you just said because it feels like there's no timeline on that postpartum healing, right? Yes.
1: That is one of the most important things that I talk about with mothers because, you know, either it's the idea that it's that six week mark, that's when the postpartum period ends. Some people say three months. Like, there's no real definite definition of the postpartum period. Um, But, you know, I say if you're still struggling with health issues since pregnancy and birth, like, that's a postpartum thing that we need to work through. And it's okay. It's totally, it's okay. There are things to support your body. Um, and just, yeah. So normalizing that for women so that they can then reach out for the help they
0: need. Right. You don't have to live with like these symptoms forever. I mean, in some, it's going to be so specific person to person, but mm-hmm. that postpartum healing, like postpartum is yes. really forever, right? It's, it's once you've had a baby or once you've had a positive pregnancy test, you mm-hmm. are postpartum. Right.
1: Yes. Right. You'll (laughs) never them again.
0: (laughs) Um, Can you talk a little bit more about uh, the importance of you know creating this restful environment? Can you talk more about what that could look like? And again, I know that's going to be so specific to different people. um, But what are some of your favorite things to do to promote a restful environment?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great question. So yeah, right. It's going to depend on the situation, right? Is it your first baby? Do you have two toddlers running around? It's going to look very different, but it's still about like for the mother to be, you know, lying down or resting, not having to go prepare meals. Um so doing a lot of the putting meals in the freezer during pregnancy or getting meal trains and, um, really considering in that first, you know, six weeks really, because that is the most active time of healing. Um, you know, how can you bring in support that might feel, like something you wouldn't normally do, like could you get a housekeeper just to come in two or three times, um or a house cleaner, right? Someone to clean the house just a couple of times, or can you have you know neighborhood kids come and mow the lawn? Um, these some things that might be more cash outflow, but really just thinking about this first you know month to six weeks, postpartum, it's a very beautiful and sacred time for the whole family and so how can you just get a little bit extra support just for that amount of time
0: I love that I want a house cleaner to come in a couple times right. <laughs> just I mean in general <laughs> it's one of those uh, those treats where you're like oh I could get used to this and then you do <laughs> and, uh, tough tough <laughs> um, are there any other like last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners about postpartum planning or postpartum care?
1: As an end thought, I would just like to say again that the postpartum healing is, it is a process and it takes longer than most women expect and there are resources for what your body is going through. And it's there are people to reach out to. And, you know, sometimes it's uncomfortable to talk about what just happened through the birth process, because a baby just came out of either your vagina or your belly. And that's huge. And but it can lead to what feels like an uncomfortable conversation. But as a practitioner who works with this, like it's totally normal to talk about these things.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm hearing you say that you don't have to go through this alone, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, Dr. Potter, will you let people know how they can connect with you if they want to get in touch?
1: Yes, thank you. You can look at my website, drangelapotter.com. That's drangelapotter.com. I have a Facebook group specific for moms healing after birth, and that's called Pregnancy and Postpartum Wellness. That's over on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, Dr.
0: Angela Potter. Awesome. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes too. That Facebook group is awesome. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon to chat with us. I'm just just so delighted to connect with you.
1: Oh, thank you, Liz. Thank you for everything that you're doing. This is an amazing podcast. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Hey all, popping back in after that awesome interview with Dr. Potter, um, I hope that you found some good tips in there and that you're really excited about, you know, redefining postpartum care. I wanted to let you know that if you are in the Portland area, Dr. Potter is putting together a new mom conference in April with her colleagues. And the goal of this conference is to help moms and families thrive during their baby's first three years of life. So really going beyond birth. Get it? What up? So you can learn about healing after birth, sleep tips, feeding tips, and how to find childcare in Portland. So it's this really holistic approach. You're going to get a lot of support through this conference. The event takes place on Saturday, April 25th at the Vita Coworking Space in Portland. And you can find the link to tickets and to the event space um, in the show notes right now. So please go check that out. Um, I think it could be really, really helpful. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning into another episode of beyond birth podcast. If you love what you're hearing, we'd be so thrilled if you'd subscribe rate and leave a review for our podcast, wherever you enjoy listening until next time.